The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, the search is continuing uh, for the Titan submersible that went uh, missing uh, while uh, investigating and exploring the wreck of the Titanic. There is expected to be an update uh, from the search and rescue uh, team in about 30 minutes time and we will bring you uh, anything uh, that we learn from that. But in the meantime, I'm delighted to be joined by the former captain of the Royal Navy nuclear submarine HMS Turbulent, Ryan Ramsey. Uh, Ryan, or Turbulent rather, Ryan um, is, uh, you're very welcome uh, to the show. This this might seem like a silly question to start with, but if you if you bear with me, um, what, what is technically the difference between a submarine, which you obviously know well, and a submersible? Yeah, so, so if you think about submersibles, they're a lot smaller than submarines. So, so I'd say anything less than about 15 metres would, would um, you, 15 metres in length would um, be a uh, submersible. And submersibles generally go to much deeper depths than submarines operate. Um, a lot, lot of submarines are obviously based for uh, work for defence forces uh, and deal with warfare, whereas submersibles, um, not so much. So submersibles are, are designed for the type of undersea exploration that submarines are not generally designed for? Yes, well, they've got totally different roles. So so submarines are developed for um, undersea warfare, effectively, whereas most submersibles are developed for research and um, and, and uh, other activity. So the the type of submersible that, that, that would have been used in this situation um, here, the Ocean Gate submersible, I mean, it, it wouldn't would imagine, um, all things considered, and we don't know about, you know, the, 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 the machine itself, but anyone like it, it would be well able to to deal with the conditions uh, that you'd find around the Titanic. So, so I think, um, I mean, that's that's probably the, the major question. Was it designed um, specifically for those really, really deep dive operations? Because, I mean, 3,000 metres is a long way uh, underwater, um, 400 bar of pressure uh, on the platform itself. So, and, and it's got a specifically, um, well, it's got a very specific design um, that, that, will, that I think questions will be asked as to whether it was capable of those particular depths. So, I mean, when a submersible like this goes to depths that are beyond its capability, what happens? Well, um, the pressure becomes too much and you, you suffer an implosion, which is basically the pressure crushes uh, the hull of the submersible or, or submarine when it goes below uh, what's called deep diving depth. I mean, well, what are the types of uh, kind of protocols and procedures that would kick into place in terms of a, a rescue and recovery effort in an environment that is severely hostile to human life? Yes, I think there's two, two elements to that. The first one is the search effort, which you've already seen activated. So maritime patrol aircraft from the US have been flying over the area, searching for any signs of, of the vessel if it's, if it's surfaced. Um, and then also vessels proceeding to the area with um, sonar uh, in order to try and locate, um, locate the vessel itself. The challenges, though, are um, it, it took them ages to find the Titanic. And this is... Um, this is way smaller than the Titanic and therefore you need really specialist um, submersible capability and sonar capability to be able to do that and that takes a long, long time. Uh, There'll be people listening and let's imagine for a moment that there hasn't been a kind of a catastrophic implosion and they'll think, you know, again, they won't be as well versed 
as you are with this type of technology and they think, hold on, are, are there not kind of signals um, that, that can be easily honed in on uh, uh, given the level of technology we have at our fingertips? And the other thing they wonder is, are, are there not tanks that will immediately empty of water and this thing will make its way to the surface? There's, and those are a, a very valid questions. So, so the first one about location technology. Well, there is technology that allows uh, geolocation of um, of submarines and submersibles, but I don't know whether, well, it clearly hasn't been deployed because they haven't located it. Um, so that could lead to uh, the problem being either a mechanical or electrical failure, which is um, not permitting them to be able to, to launch it, or it didn't have that fitted. So all submarines, for example, have... Uh, what are called um, indicator buoys. So in an emergency or grounding uh, where, you, where you're on the seabed, you would release the indicator buoy, which is tethered to the submarine, which then sends up a signal to satellites, which allows uh, forces to locate. In this particular case, that hasn't happened. So either it wasn't fitted with that capability uh, or a similar capability, or it hasn't been able to operate that capability. Uh, and and then the, the, the second part of the question about, you know, these ballast tanks that, one would assume, would empty and, and it might float to the surface itself. Yeah, so the second part, that from what I've seen from the open source um, intelligence, it, it didn't. It, it sort of didn't have that capability to, to be able to do that. So um, so that, that's, that's not a particular option. But equally, even if it was an option, you would still need uh, mechanical ability or electrical ability to be able to do that. And if you've lost both of those, then you're basically not able to do anything. You're stuck there. And how confident or hopeful would you be, Ryan, given your experience, that people could remain alive if they were stuck there for the length of time we know they are? I think it's... Um, um, and my thoughts go out to the family when I say, families when I say this, but I think it's very unlikely that this is survivable. And I, I say that for, for, for two reasons. I, I see a lot in the in the media over the last 24 hours of this 48 hours of oxygen remaining, and obviously that's going down. But but oxygen's not the major problem here. It's carbon dioxide. So they're breathing out carbon. You could be taking in oxygen, but you're breathing out carbon dioxide. And unfortunately, unless they've got the equipment to scrub the atmosphere to remove that carbon dioxide, there's a massive carbon dioxide buildup, um, and, and that ends up being being the killer. I mean, I wish and I really, really hope that this has a, a really a positive outcome and, and I'm proven completely wrong and I'd be really happy with that. But I'm also a realist and, and that looks like um, it looks like one of the options, unfortunately. Listen, it is a kind of sobering stuff, Ryan, uh, but necessary, I think, to point that out nonetheless. We thank you for your time. Uh, Ryan Ramsey, a former nuclear submarine captain. Thank you very much. Thank you. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.